Welcome back to Sermon Notes. Michael here, and I want to introduce y'all to a guest that we have with us this week, uh, my good friend and colleague Andy Petrie's with us. Andy, welcome. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, glad to have you. So Andy is our ministry leader for Celebrate Recovery here at Fellowship Fayetteville. And mm-hmm. Andy, I'd love it if we could just get started with telling our Sermon Notes listeners, maybe they don't know a lot about CR. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on at Celebrate Recovery here at Fellowship Fayetteville. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking, man. Yeah, Celebrate Recovery, if you're if you're not a aware of it or have never heard about it, we're a, a ministry that is a part of Fellowship Fayetteville, and it's we're designed to be a, a safe place to walk through whatever sort of uh, hurts, hangups, or habits is kind of the language that we use. And so just knowing that all of us, even, even if we're followers of Jesus, that doesn't mean that we don't struggle with something. That doesn't mean that hurts don't happen within our life. And so Celebrate Recovery is a place designed for us to walk together in community towards the healing and the hope and the freedom that Jesus offers. Uh, and I know for me, I've been a part of Celebrate Recovery for about, golly, coming up eight and a half, nine years, something like that. And it's been hugely beneficial in my life, not just in the way that I approach relationships and struggles within my life, but it's it's helped me to be free from a lot of different things, from a pornography addiction to resentment to just a whole lot of dysfunction within my life. And so uh, it's, I'm so grateful that we've got Celebrate Recovery here at Fellowship Fayetteville because it helps us to know that we're a church where it's okay to not be okay. Uh, and that we can walk together towards Jesus no matter what might be going on in our life. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And we see so much ministry fruit from CR, so many changed lives. It's so encouraging. And and for our listeners, uh, I, w- I just want to note, uh, we don't consider CR as like, an extra, an add-on. Um, you're a core part of our ministry team. You're yeah. in our meetings. Our CR team is very much part of the ministry team here, just as much as global outreach and children's ministry <laughs> and community where I work. Yeah. And so um, you, I, I refer to you as a guest. You're not really a guest. You just don't teach with <laughs> us on Sunday morning all the time, but we always enjoy it um, when you get to come over and teach on Sunday morning. So I'm looking forward to working through this passage um, as you teach us on Sunday, just to set the context a little bit for this week. Um, we're in this Risen series, and we're looking at the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus and asking the question, why does the resurrection matter? Why is it important? And so um, we spent our first couple of weeks in Luke chapter 24, which I know we're going to touch on a little bit with you as well. Yeah. Uh, and we saw that um, Jesus was a fulfillment of Old Testament expectations for the Messiah. We saw that he has promised to be with us. And then that was reiterated last week as we jumped over to Matthew 28, and we looked at Jesus giving the Great Commission yeah. on the mountain in Galilee and promising to be with them always, to be with us always, even to the end of the age. And so now, uh, this week, Andy, um, you've drawn the straw that you're going to talk about the Ascension. <laughs> yeah. And man, what an important event theologically and in salvation history, oh, and yeah. yet often overlooked. Yeah. Um, some of us have probably marveled at it at the, the Passion Play when Jesus ascends, um, and it's pretty amazing to watch, uh, but we haven't probably thought about it a lot, and so, man, let's just jump right in. It's, it's covered a couple of times by one writer, uh, yep. Luke, so he touches on it in his gospel, and then again in his second volume, which we call Acts. Um, man, kind of point us toward what you're going to talk about Sunday and tell us what you're thinking about with the Ascension. Yeah, you know, in, in processing this passage, this is one of those ones that I, I feel like 
Uh, you know, normally we have a half hour to talk on Sundays about it. I feel like if I had three hours, I wouldn't be able to cover everything that's in this. It's such a, it's such a neat glimpse of, uh, of, of what some commentators call like the, the, the final uh, accomplishment of Jesus's earthly ministry. It was the whole point of it, uh, in, in the bridge between uh, the old and the new. And um, what it, you know, you mentioned that. It, it's really, for such a huge event, it's interesting that it's only covered by Luke uh, at the end of his gospel, but also reiterated in Acts. And um, what's what's funny is looking at those two accounts in there, and uh, we were just joking just a second ago how it seems like the end of Luke, it feels like a really, it, it's four verses that explain this monumental event. Uh, and it's, what you see is you see Jesus blessing the disciples after he takes them out to Bethany. And then as he's blessing them, he's taken up into heaven. Uh, yeah. And and man, I wish I could have been there to tell you exactly what that must have looked like. But we just, it's kind of up to our imagination. They say, it says that Jesus was taken up into heaven while they were blessing them. And then the we see the disciples' response as they return to Jerusalem with great joy and, and worship in the temple. Uh, and, and what's interesting is looking at the end of Luke and then looking at the beginning of Acts, we have we have an account of the same event, but there's so much more detail right. in the beginning of Acts there. Yeah, you know, Garland and I may have worn this metaphor out a little bit on sermon notes and just with each other, but um, man, we're, most of us are familiar with a Marvel movie now, and it's kind of its own thing, right? Like, yeah. that's a slice of our culture now. And you watch a Marvel movie, and at the end, you know, don't leave. There's going to be a little scene, right? That's <laughs> yeah. going to tell you what's coming up. And Absolutely. I kind of feel like that's what Luke does. Luke probably already knows. He's going to write a whole nother volume on this. Yeah. And uh, this feels like that post credit scene where we see the ascension, and we're like, whoa. Yeah. I can't wait to see the next movie and see what that's all about. And sure enough, he opens Acts with that same scene, but like you said, with much more detail. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like as I've been reading Luke 24, it you know, it just it gives us this broad uh this broad uh verbiage of Jesus was blessing them. And then we see Jesus taken up into heaven and that's it. Uh and I think at the beginning of Acts when we look at Acts uh Verses, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, what we see is the, I, I believe, the content of that blessing that Jesus was giving them and, and what, what he was about to do means for them. Uh, and what's cool is when we flip over to the beginning of Acts, uh, there's a lot of stuff in there, but what, what I really see is we, we see some promises in there, but also Jesus just reorienting the priority of the disciples as they look to what life is going to look like when Jesus is ascended, uh, when Jesus is no longer with them in bodily form. And, you know, it's, it also, and I don't, I don't know if I just missed this growing up in church, but I, I love how it says in the beginning of Acts, just that idea that Jesus appeared to them over a period of 40 days. And cause you know, as I read the Bible, sometimes I can look at it and just look at, I can miss the amount of time that actually elapsed between the resurrection and the ascension. And it's, it's a month and a half that Jesus is with the disciples and teaching them before he finally ascends. It's just a, it's just a neat detail there. Yeah, I agree. And so we saw in Luke, Jesus going with them to Bethany. 
Yes. <laughs> now in Acts, it says they returned from the Mount of Olives. Um, catch us up. <laughs> Give us a yeah. little Bible geography lesson. How do we make those two statements work together? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of the thing. You see kind of three different spots in there. And, you know, and even at the end of Luke, it, it talks about how, uh, you know, they were they were in Galilee, they were in Jerusalem, like there's a couple different places in there. And you did a great job last week just talking about how, uh, you know, we, we don't really always know the reason why, but we know where the text says that they were. And so some people have taken the, the location of Bethany that's mentioned in Luke 24. And it's important to mention that what, what it says in the text is that Jesus took them to the vicinity of Bethany. And so the area of Bethany. And then in Acts one twelve, it says, as they were coming back from the Mount of Olives. Well, and some people say, well, obviously these two don't harmonize. They're talking about two events. Right. But Found an error in the Bible. Exactly. Uh, got you got us. Uh, but really the, the Mount of Olives is just on the east side of Bethany. And I think we were talking a couple of weeks ago that the Mount of Olives is close enough to Bethany that you could walk there from Bethany and not break the Sabbath law. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, which is significant. It is. It's, yeah. it's really significant. And so it's when we're saying the Mount of Olives, when we're saying the vicinity of Bethany, it's it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. It's it's like we were saying that, you know, in the, in the area of, uh, in the vicinity of Fayetteville, and we were, you know, 600 yards outside of the, mm-hmm. outside of the town. Yeah, place. if I meet you at the Sonic... Um, in Johnson on Main Street. Yes. Are we in Fayetteville or are we in Johnson? It depends on which side of the Sonic we're standing on. So, <laughs> exactly. yeah, I think it's a similar situation. So, <laughs> yeah, thanks for clearing that up. It is, And when you, I hope our listeners get to go sometime to Jerusalem. I was, I was blessed to get to do that last year. And you realize how close all this actually is. Yeah. Uh, man, when you're on the Mount of Olives, you can see Bethany and you can see the Temple Mount. You're just right there. Mm. Um, so Jesus, um, he's got the disciples gathered there. And Andy, he makes some important statements about the Holy yeah. Spirit and what the role of the Holy Spirit's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty cool to see. Like, I, I love how Jesus, in talking about the Holy Spirit, this is just kind of a cool thing in there. We get, we get a little bit of a picture of the Trinity right there yeah in verses four and five you have jesus talking about the gift from the father that is the holy spirit wow so, uh that's that's kind of a cool thing there but uh jesus is talking about the coming of the holy spirit for uh the cleansing and the empowerment of the disciples which is kind of a a, a really cool thing and it's it, it's marking a shift between the old and the new, and we were talking just a second ago about how he compares, you know, John baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, John being, and I believe you said, the, the last true Old Testament prophet. That's how I view him, yeah. Yeah, and, and then Jesus is ushering in with the coming of the Holy Spirit something new. And, and on this side, we know that that was the, the coming of the church right. at, at Pentecost. And so it's kind of a cool... Uh, it's it, it's a cool picture of Jesus preparing his disciples that he's walked with for for three years to to take over the ministry that he's essentially planted here on earth and uh, the trust that he has for them and it's this passing of the baton 
to the next generation of leadership because Jesus knew that if he stayed on earth, there's only so much that could get done. He needed to multiply himself into his followers. Uh, and there's a lot of other things that, that Jesus went to do when he ascended, but that, that was part of it. It was commissioning his disciples to take up the ministry. And as it says in, in verse 8 there, to be his witnesses to all the world, starting in Jerusalem, moving to Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And I just look at that and I think, man, I, I wonder what the disciples must have been thinking. Uh, <laughs> you want me to take over for you? What? <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, you and I live at the ends of the earth from their perspective, <laughs> yeah. right? Like they didn't even know this part of the world existed. Yeah. And now here we are um, because they were obedient and because people down through the centuries, to use your language, and I love it, love what you said, um, have passed the baton, yeah. um, the good news of the gospel, another generation of spirit-indwelled believers passes it to the next all the way down to where here you and I are um, as partakers of this yeah. almost 2,000 years later on the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's so cool is I can't look at that and say that that was done just by the sheer effort of human will. Right. That, that empowerment of the Spirit for the gospel to take root in the hearts of, uh, of people so that it could then spread to the ends of the earth— uh, it's it's just cool to look back on that, to see this starting point for the church 2,000 years later and go, man, God, you did it and you're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, I don't want to let you get out of here without asking you about the actual ascension itself. <laughs> so the disciples are standing, staring up into the sky, which I can imagine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Things that go up usually come back down. Yeah. And <laughs> the text says there's two men in white robes. Who do you suppose those guys could have been? Yeah, yeah. I I, I am definitely of the opinion that those are angels yeah. that, that came. Uh, and, you know, I just I just wish that we would have had, like, just a movie clip or a picture of what that must have looked like. Because I can imagine that if I was a disciple, I would have been doing the exact same thing. Right. Uh, the resurrected Jesus, and what does the text say? It was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And uh, we don't know what that looked like in person, but I would still be staring up there, I'm sure. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to touch on this on Sunday, but it's, it reminds us a whole lot of Daniel 7. Yeah. Where we see someone as a son of man uh, coming on the clouds to the Ancient of Days to be in his presence. Yeah. It just, just feels really oh, similar man, to that. Yeah. And I, I, I bet that that was what was going through the disciples' minds and probably thinking about all the ways that Jesus had referenced Daniel when he was with them and just kind of all that moment of what's going on. And then these two angels appear, and I love what they say. They just go, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking to the sky? Yeah, <laughs> it's The first thing that they get right after Jesus ascends is a, a very gentle rebuke. Right, yeah. <laughs> and what's cool is... Uh, there's a rebuke and then there's a promise. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the rebuke is, why are you just standing here? Jesus just told you what you're to do. Go back to the temple and wait and get ready for the work that he's telling you to do. And be assured, and I love this, I love that it says this, this same Jesus, mm. this same Jesus who has taken 
from you into heaven, he's going to come back the same way that you've seen him go. Yeah. And so just the reminder of, uh, for me, I look at that and I'm like, man, that same Jesus that the disciples knew is the same Jesus that's at the right hand of the father right now interceding for me. Yeah. And that's the same Jesus that I'm going to meet one day. Uh, and it's going to come back the exact same way that he left. Man. It's pretty cool. Yeah. As we say around here, that'll preach. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, I can't think of a better place to wrap up than right there. Um, man, Andy, looking forward to Sunday and, yeah. and hearing you have your full 30 minutes instead of just this little short time <laughs> to unpack this. But what a loaded passage. Um, what you said about how you could do you could do 10 times the amount on this. Maybe we should do a whole series just on the Ascension one of these days. But I'm looking forward to it and uh, hope that our Sermon Notes listeners have a great time in the Lord's Word and a great time in their community groups as you discuss this. And we'll see you next time on Sermon Notes.